Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is season number two, episode number 93, if you can believe that. And I'm doing an end of season highlight podcast of a few of my guests from this last season. This is the last episode of season number two, and I thought it would be kind of fun to showcase a few clips from this last season. On this podcast, I'm going to play clips from Art Alexakis from the band Everclear, Scotty Morris from the band Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, musician and fly fishing guy Chuck Reagan, 13-time world frisbee champ Chipper Bro Bell, legendary Ventura band Raging Arb and the Redheads, and guitar virtuoso Guy Martin. I want to thank my sponsors from this last year, GoldCo.com, Manscaped, The Bart Hall Shows, Waypoint TV, and Dakota Lithium Batteries. I want to thank them for supporting the podcast, and I want to thank you all for listening and making this podcast journey of mine possible. It's super fun, interesting, and educational for me to interview all these guests who I would never get to talk to otherwise, that's for sure. I want to thank Universal Attractions Agency and my agent, Jim Woodward, for believing in the podcast and helping it become successful. So let's get to the clips. The first clip is with Art Alexakis of the band Everclear. And in this clip, he talks about performing in front of thousands of fans and what that is like. I couldn't imagine. And his pregame warm-ups before going on stage. So here we go. I was checking out some... Uh, some old videos of you and stuff, man. And I just, I got to ask you this question because I, I just get blown away when I, when I see you performing like at, uh, you know, the Woodstock show, like, you know, back in the nineties, man, it was like, I couldn't believe how many people were there. And, yeah. and just, I got to ask you, you know, what's that like? What's it, what's it like to be in front of that many people, man? I don't know how to explain it. To be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. To have, that many people singing your lyrics back to you like they were singing Santa Monica, right. Father of Mine, and, you know, the big hits. Yeah. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, but I got to tell you, I love those shows are, like, special. Yeah. Um, but my favorite is about 1,000 to 2,000 people yeah. who are just hardcore fans, yeah. know all the words to all the songs, and that energy is just so contagious, you know? We're guys, we're guys in our 50s, and I'm in my 60s, yeah. but we still feel the buzz every night we walk on stage, and it's, you know, I think it, it goes back and forth. If we're, if we're generating that kind of energy, it's going to be coming back to us from the crowd and vice versa, so it's, um, like I said, man, I'm just, I'm just stoked. <laughs> yeah, totally. To be able to do this, I'm in my 60s. I'm still playing rock and roll and know, making, a, making a decent living at it. You know, it's awesome. So when you're when you're back like stage and you're getting ready to perform for those like you know thousand two thousand um, person theaters or even bigger shows or whatever, what's it like right before you go on stage, man? What's it? What's the feelings that you that you have? Well, you know, like we warm up and uh, 
you know, we're, like I said, we're older guests. We're stretching and stuff. <laughs> Keeping it kind of light, but about two minutes before I go on, I start, I just start meditating and praying as yeah. I'm walking to stage. Uh -huh. Just, you know, just asking my higher power for energy and for me to be upbeat and positive and, and to not fall down because I have <laughs> MS. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, and to remember all the words and, you know, right. just, it's just kind of a self meditation thing. And, and, but it never fails guy. Yeah. Even if I've been doing this for, you know, I've been playing <laughs> on stage since I was 16 and I'm 61 Yeah, and I still get the butterflies before I go on stage. But I've learned that once the lights go down and the intro starts and we start walking out on stage and, we all hug each other and start yeah. walking out on stage. I've learned to turn that that anxiety and that fear into excitement. And by yeah. the time I hit the mic, I just turned it in, you know, myself into a, a bigger character. Yeah. You know? Right. Just my same personality, just a bigger part of it, you know. Yeah. Just a little bit amplified. And um, I just, I love just, you're in the crowd roar. It's just, what a buzz. I've done every drug in the world. I've been clean and sober for 30. <laughs> right. I really have. Right. I've been clean and sober for about 34 years. Uh-huh. And, uh, I just, it's the best buzz I ever had. Actually, that's not true. I've never done fentanyl. And <laughs> I've never done oxycontin. Yeah. Because those all came after I was, I know, you know, after, after, uh, I've been clean and sober. So, yeah. I don't know what those are like. Or MDMA. Dude, those, those that fentanyl's gnarly, man. Dude, <laughs> dropping like flies yeah. out there, buddy. Yeah, that's great. All right, that was Art Alexakis from episode number seventy-eight uh, this year. So that was pretty fun. Um, this next clip is with Scotty Morris, episode number forty-seven, and he's from the band Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and um, he talks about getting started and uh, traveling to New York in a van for five years before they finally got uh, a tour bus. So here's Scotty Morris with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. But were you guys like, did you get together with Kurt and start writing songs and then you started adding musicians and, and it just kind of grew from there? And the other question I have is, you know, people talk about, you know, manifesting things and for me, you know, with Lion Eyes, a lot of that stuff that was happening, I manifested, you know, like playing, playing in a, in a garage to playing parties, to playing, uh, big clubs, to playing, uh, bigger stages and stuff like that, you know, imagining all that and just putting that in my mind that that's what we were going to do. Did you, did that happen for you from like the very beginning? Yeah, that's, that's, that you, you, that's me, um, since on my earliest memories. I mean, yeah. I, I, I manifest everything. I, I think through everything. Yeah. I, I, that's the my. I think that's the biggest thing. And and to go back to the early days is yes, that's exactly what happened. I I had written all this music, all the big bad dude music. I'd written a ton of of stuff, and I knew what I wanted it to sound like. I mean, it was more like I really wanted Big Bad Daddy to be like almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, you know, like that crazy Scott Bradley music. That's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was just, it's a, such wild music. If you listen to it and how it's scoring this insanely violent, wild situation. And yeah. when we came up, 
Nirvana was the number one band on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And I thought, to me, I thought the most punk rock thing that, that we could do, that I could do, is do a swing band. Because there was nothing like that, nothing remotely like that at yeah. the time. You know, this is the, the, this is the dawn of, 19, of, the new, of the new decade, 1990, when grunge was the thing. And, and so I, I wanted to be as, you know, as unique and as original as I could get. And, and that was really the, the onslaught of me and Kurt trying to do this thing. And, and that's really what it was. And the whole time we were doing this, um, I was manifesting in my, in my mind a plan to try and bring this thing to, you know, it, incrementally you, you make steps towards things. So I incrementally wanted to go play Charlie's. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to then headline Charlie's and then I wanted yeah. to play toast tavern. I wanted to play state may I wanted, I mean, I, I manifested these things and just kept going and going and going. And thankfully, you know, there was a, there were enough places that could, we could play that, that would then, sort of get me to i don't know um these next little goals i guess they would be you know so yeah 100 uh, percent manifesting ideas I, I still do it to this day i'm constantly yeah i've got lists and lists and lists of things that i i write down all the time and i i look at them daily and i i try and get you know half of a list done just so i i'm moving towards the things that i want to get towards this next clip is number episode number 56 with chipper bro bell and uh he was a 13 time world uh frisbee champ which is unbelievable and uh he is uh touring all over the world he's talking about touring all over the world and um this one story is really really cool about the protests in um china and it kind of got started from uh, him and his buddy uh, being over there uh, partying uh, with uh, the Frisbee crew and being on tour with Jan and Dean. Very cool. I just wanted to roll this one out. So we get back from the tours and we hit the, um, it was like uh, September or something of 86. And uh, the tours were over and we got home and the phone rang and crazy. Our, our captain picked up the phone and, uh-huh 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 and we just finished touring with uh jan and dean <laughs> jan and dean 60s rock band right yeah little old lady from pasadena and uh, dead man's curve and a few hits they had but they hung up and they said jan and dean just asked us to go on tour with them i was like where they said china whoa i was like what they said, yeah, it's the first American rock and roll tour in China as a cultural exchange. And they invited uh, they invited uh, Jan and Dean, and they invited us. And wow. so, um, long story short, this is like, I, I just love to talk to you more about this another time. But <laughs> as, as we got into Beijing, uh, Jan and Dean were really big, by the way. Like, China people liked them. They were about... 20 years to you know 20 years behind in music <laughs> for reals and so our first gig was in beijing and uh so many intricacies happened in this um with uh being in front of the uh military they're watching a cultural um show that's you know um 
in communist China. Here's Americans here doing this Frisbee show, uh, Frisbee and Jan and Dean's show and all these things. They hired dancers. and So there's so much to that, but I'm just going to roll over to when we got to Shanghai. Uh, we were in there and Crazy John decides, you know, we got to fire these audiences up because it's the first concert these people, kids, students, Whoever could afford that, I think $30 was kind of a lot um, to go to this concert. And I think they had like 25,000 people showed up. And uh, Crazy fires up the crowd. He's like, yeah, <laughs> doing these things. And he runs up into the crowd during this Jan and Dean jam, you know. And he runs into the crowd, runs into the audience, catches eye with this boy. I'm about eight feet away watching. Crazy John sticks his right hand out where that boy stuck his right hand out and they grab hands. And Crazy pulled that boy out of his seat and started dancing because it was a perfect moment. Uh huh. Right? It was like, oh my gosh, the B. Crazy John, by the way, is an exceptional entertainer. <laughs> and he could dance and sing and move and he's moving around and the kid starts dancing it was the coolest thing completely offbeat starts dancing like Saturday Night Fever <laughs> <laughs> classic so in this moment of, of amazement the amazement uh, the boy is taken um, by security guards and taken off the, the uh, stage area where he was in, in the aisle area, I mean, and took him away and um, ended up arresting him and putting him in jail. Whoa. And the people he was with protested underground because they took one of the students from Shanghai University pro-democracy movement. Uh-huh. In 1987. Wow. What happened to him? 86. So he gets arrested and goes, well, there is a part in here. It's, um, there's a lot to talk about with this particular part. Crazy John did witness him getting beat up. Oh. And kicked and stuff with these guys in the big robes and uh, not robes, blue jacket-like things. They look like dicky jackets, but oversized. Uh-huh. Anyways, so here's what happened, though. That, that happened, and then students started to underground protest. And we got to the next city from Shanghai. We're on tour going down with, like, seven-city tour, working our way to Hong Kong, which is going to be a couple weeks later. Working our way down. The next night, what do we do? Blow the roof off. Crazy John's going off. We got actually tied one of the, we found a rope that we could tie the guitarist waist to and let him swing out over the audience playing guitar. <laughs> We're thinking of all, because this is Crazy's ideas, by the way. He's just, oh, I got an idea. Because <laughs> our full, our routine was only like 10 minutes out of this full 24-hour day. Uh-huh. <laughs> got to do something. So, got to do something. That's when we, got, we hung with all these bands and stuff and helped with load in, load out. 
this helped the, the uh, execution of the show, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, get to the next town. Get to the next town. We finally get down to Hong Kong, and the director, which we were with, Lorimar Pictures, HBO, and these other peeps. There's about, I think, about 35 people in our entourage. And uh, we ended up uh, getting to Hong Kong. And the newspapers were out because now it's finally freedom of press. Each town we went to, they're like, hey, any reviews? Did we hear anything? How was the show? Kind of looking to see if they made the press. Edit. Zero. Zero. No freedom of press. Got to Hong Kong. And the director said, everybody, when we get into this hotel, there's going to be reporters and people, and we have an emergency press conference with the band. And it's BBC, NBC, ABC, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And the newspaper, which I have copies of, shows the largest demonstration sparked with riots Whoa. are beginning to start because of the Jan and Dean tour. Oh, boy. So when we got to uh, the press conference, and by the way, the, the, the director looks all the way across the audience uh, to our entourage and looks right at crazy John and goes, crazy, don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are going to talk. Uh -huh. We're going to get through this. We don't know what's happening here. So fast forward history guy and that movement sparked the demonstrations that led up to Tiananmen Square in 1989 with the guy that stood in front of the tank oh my god i remember that yep he put his hands up in front of like eight tanks yeah and and um in newsweek magazine in that issue it said the demonstrations were sparked by members of the jan and dean duo <laughs> which basically said crazy john fucking started it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's crazy! What a great. This next clip is uh, with um, a really cool guy. He's a fly fishing guide. He's also a rock star. His name's Chuck Reagan, and this is episode number forty-three. And Chuck um, is talking about the weirdest thing that's ever happened to him while playing live in front of a live audience. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. when when we were when we were fishing together, and I hope you don't mind sharing this story but i asked you the question when we we're when i was fishing with you, you know what's the weirdest thing <laughs> that's ever happened to you on stage do you remember what you told me i don't <laughs> you don't something about your I, leg something about your leg oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah would you mind yeah, telling I that story well i'm i'm glad you brought that up because the one that just came to, the one that just came to mind uh, uh was <laughs> that one was pretty uh, good oh my god yeah yeah it's funny because i'm rubbing my leg right now and <laughs> it, it is 100 percent still numb oh my uh, god that's crazy yeah um yeah we were in uh we were in atlanta georgia uh -huh. um and uh playing at the masquerade and 
and this band this band was opening for us and it was on a new year's i remember that uh-huh. and uh they ended up playing a bouncing soul song that i knew and loved the song true believers and and i heard them start it and i didn't even really know that band at all uh-huh. and i just i'm like oh hell i'm gonna go sing it with them you know and uh <laughs> So I just ran out on stage and I was singing it with them and another buddy was singing it with them and a couple of us just staged dove at kind of the end of, you know, kind of towards the end of the song. And, uh, and, and, uh, when we, we're getting kind of thrown around, passed around in the crowd and, uh, one of the, one of the showgoers just locked onto my leg with their teeth <laughs> just bit like straight bit me but didn't bite me like bit and hung on just i mean hung on for dear life and uh yeah i mean straight up broke the skin my whole leg was black and blue and oh it was my god just, did you finally? Did you finally have to like knock her in the head to get her to release, or what was that all about? I just, I had to, I had to grab, I had to grab her by the back of the head. And I'm like, let, let go. And I mean, I've been, I, I remember being bit by a dog when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot worse than that. Oh my gosh! What was the other but, one? Uh, what was the other one you were yeah. Oh, oh, uh, just. Uh, we were playing the launch pad in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, which was pretty wild, wild place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, we had some raucous shows there. And, um, you know, we've always had people get kind of wild in the crowd and whatnot here and there. Yeah. But um, we had a show and we had a couple people right in front of us who were just straight up. Making the love right in right no. square, right, right there, right there, right square in front of us, two feet away from us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that was an oh interesting, show, interesting show to get through, you know. Oh, my God, because uh, no one else can see him, huh, because it's so crowded, but, like, just a few people around him, but you guys can see everything. Yeah, yeah, the the people around him definitely knew what was going on. Uh <laughs> And we, we certainly knew what was going on and you know, it was, it was, it was consensual and they were having a great. This next clip is from episode number 63 um, with the legendary band Ventura band, Raging Arb and the Redheads. And this is uh, a clip when they first heard their song on a huge radio station in Los Angeles called KLOS and what it was like for them to hear their song on the radio for the first time just some changes i mean you know how things are sure and looking back on it rod had the just raw energy getting knocking on doors you know like and and we shifted gears unfortunately unfortunately yeah and uh but we got some airplay and a lot of recognition i remember i was watching the i was at the stones concert had a redhead shirt on in the bathroom and some dudes all oh man redheads i just heard those guys on klos today huge man yeah it was like what the heck and i'm all shit yeah you know what was it like when you heard yourself on the radio that was, was a trip yeah isn't that cool yeah. that's when people listen yeah. to the radio you know and that's yeah. when like klos was huge for sure 
Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we used to get some American play on K-Tide, Santa Barbara. That was yeah. good, you know, with yeah. Spencer and you guys yeah. and everybody. Yeah. But when that hit, it was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, they yeah. did a Hang in the Balance, and that was Mary uh-huh. Kay came in on that, and her pipes were just, like, out front. KLOS mm-hmm. when they were playing us. They played yeah. it with little bits and pieces, that whole record. What was that yeah. like, J.D., hearing your voice on the radio for the first time? Oh, man. Uh, the, my best, one of my best moments, like, with the band, you know, like, Nowadays, we just play to have a really good time. Sure. But um, when you're young and you're coming up and you think, well, where's the journey taking us, right? Yeah. I was going, I had a, we had like four or five, six people in a car. We were going to go see the Stones at the Rose Bowl. And we had Kayla West on. And I, I think it was Bruce Springsteen, then Raging Arbor and the Red, like, like noontime nugget thing, right? It was Bruce Springsteen, Raging Arb, and then like Guns N' Roses or something. <laughs> and the guy, the DJ was like, I want to play you a little something. You know how uh-huh. they DJs pick or whatever. Yeah. And they friggin' picked us. And oh, you, were dri- you were driving? Driving to, oh, to the Rose Bowl to go watch sick. the Stones. And then I'm like, no, what? There you are. Oh my God. It was so That's awesome. magical. And um, this next clip, episode number 53 with my friend Guy Martin. Um, Guy Martin's an amazing guitar player, and uh, he got asked to play at the Staples Center and play the national anthem for the all the people there and that sort of thing. And he talks about what that was like playing in front of all those people. That story I was talking about, I got um, a friend that hooked me up with um, playing the Star, national anthem, Star Spangled Banner, yeah. at a Miami Heat and Clippers game. No way. And and this is at Staples Center, oh. and so this was this is when Shaq was on the Heat, so like kind of newly on the Heat, he left L.A. to go to Miami. Uh-huh. So because of that reason, the Staples Center was full. It was, I I don't know what their capacity is. I think it's twenty one thousand, something yeah. like that. Wow, dude, <laughs> talk. Dude, talk about nerves and oh, focus. Oh, my God. They they wheel me out to center court. All the lights go out except for right there in the center on you. And then you're you're basically relying on your skills to not botch up the national anthem in front of 20,000 people. <laughs> That's gnarly. Dude, I don't know. And um, I, have, I have pictures of that night oh. on my Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and... I've been trying to not, not have been, but I tried to get the video from Fox cause Fox was airing it. Uh-huh. They didn't air, they didn't air the, my part on TV cause it wasn't a playoff game or anything, mm-hmm. but they were there filming it. And to this day, I would still love to have that footage. So I don't know if it's possible to get. So what was that like? I mean, when, when oh, it, people just, insane. Like, yeah, you know, you get to that, you get to the part of the anthem where people are always hollering. So I, I chose to do like some tasty licks. Uh-huh. My, my, my anthem wasn't Jimi Hendrix-ish. There was maybe two and a half seconds of Jimi Hendrix style in there, but the rest was real sultry, clean, nice. um, and and just and and just bluesy and kind of. I went into this um, minor chord progression that sounded like the end from the Doors. <laughs> and then, awesome. dude yeah it was it was a cool unique version um but 
what was interesting is on the way back because i had to take an elevator to the street level to get back to street level uh-huh. i was in the ele- <laughs> i was in the elevator with like seven of the clippers cheerleaders <laughs> and they're and they're like they're like did you just were you did you just play the guitar tonight i'm like yeah that was me, <laughs> that, was me. that was pretty cool yeah all right you guys there you have it a couple clips from this last season yeah, i'm looking forward to season number three in 2024 I hope you guys all listen to some of the podcasts. I got some great ones coming up and already booked. And I want to thank you guys again for listening. This is Guy Jeans from the Guy Jeans Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. With everything going on in the world today, right now could be the best time ever to diversify your retirement savings with precious metals like gold and silver. I just bought some precious metals myself and I got them from the top rated company, Gold Co. They couldn't have made the process easier and their customer service was impeccable. Gold Co. has helped thousands of people just like you and me place over $2.5 billion in gold and silver. They're rated A-plus by Better Business Bureau. They've earned over 5,000 five-star reviews. They're a seven-time incorporated 5,000 winner. And that's just mentioning a few of their accomplishments. There's plenty more. Right now, for my listeners, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. You heard that right, up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. Go to goldco.com slash guy to learn more. That's goldco.com slash guy. Diversify your savings with gold and silver today at goldco.com slash guy. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.